comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. I don't want another This is the Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 158. This is Russ, and a slightly smaller crew tonight, but a but a good crew nonetheless. Uh, I've got Craig DeMonda and Aaron Newerth with me. Hey, no. Maybe Jim will join us later. You never know. Uh, ho- hopefully he'll pop in at some time. Uh, before we're done recording, but we shall see. Let's get let's get the people. You know, let's not excite them too much, though. I mean, Jim might come, guys. Okay, yeah. calm down. We hope maybe he'll imitate, be here. <laughs> I can imitate Jim's voice pretty good. I have like a voice changer on my board here. So if you need me to pretend to be Jim, I can do it for a little All right. while. We'll keep that in mind. So not tomorrow yet. Uh, season six, episode twelve, uh, directed by Greg Nicotero, and uh, thankfully directed by Greg Nicotero. I, I think. The only other one off the top of my head that maybe could just because it was it was action packed at this point uh, that I was hoping maybe would direct this if it wasn't Nicotero would have been probably Michelle McLaren, uh, but well, Ernest Dickerson's usually generally mm, pretty good. So. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, but we got have we seen him for a while? Has, has he done any this I, season? I, I think he's been busy on other shows or something. Yeah. Honestly. He hasn't done one for a long time. I think since like the prison days or around there sometime with Terminus or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I think uh, as we'll get into when we talk a little bit more about the episode. But I think uh, Nick Cotero did a fantastic job with this episode for a variety of reasons, um, both on the action front and the uh, and the prop front. I'll say. Uh, but overall, a pretty strong episode. I know. Just looking even at IMDb, it's rated pretty high, and I I uh, I, I think this was. Definitely one of the stronger episodes of the season. I mean, I've been pretty high on the show in general, but this one, uh, this one had some some nice balance. I think it did a good job of kind of ramping things up and getting us ready for that for that uh, final. I guess probably what final half, final twenty minutes of, of the show. Yeah, like the yeah. final twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Give the people what they want. I mean, this is this is definitely why a lot of people watch The Walking Dead for this type of intense. Um, action, somewhat gore, but mostly just really intense action, and 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 it delivered on, on so many levels. I I do like that this episode. And I like this episode overall. I think the the last twenty minutes is really pretty spectacular, and I think there's a lot of things early on that happen that are pretty interesting. Also, I do, but I do like that. Like showing your heroes doing something terrible means we need to go out of our way to make sure you know that they're still the heroes by like showing us things to make sure you know that what they're doing is quote unquote the right thing. In some yeah, manner. yeah. 
Like it really, like it can, it doesn't just like have, it doesn't just like do it once to make sure you know. It really goes over this. Like, don't, don't worry, guys. This is cool. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, these guys are tw- these guys are horrible yeah. people. Let's make sure right. you know that. <laughs> yeah, and and they did a couple seeds. I mean, we'll talk about it as the episode unrolls. But I mean, we, could, we could see a few hints even in this episode. But really, that little encounter with that, um, you know, that, that Abraham, Sasha, and Daryl had with, with five of or with Negan's biker gang. We know that they're bad people, so we, we've seen that. We heard what the Hilltop people said. We know what these people are all about. But, uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it had, had some doubts there for a minute. You're right. If you didn't watch those, you're just tuning in right now. You don't. You think Rick, Rick's gang is really the bunch of villains at that point. The show certainly wants you to present that as such. Like, it... it it's like because that's that's honestly it's it's my only gripe where it's like the idea of showing Nick or Nick showing Rick remember Nick guys on the other Walking Dead that's my favorite <laughs> yeah um, yeah Nick yeah, Nick Nick Nick, Nick rhymes he's a, he's a rapper he's a, <laughs> he's on Fear the Walking Dead this season um, he's the unrick uh, yeah um, like it, if it didn't go out of its way to definitely show you how evil certain people are. There would be some interesting stuff to deal with as far as seeing Rick and Glenn and others deal with how they went about handling a certain situation that said the show could still double back on on these kind of implica- on the, these the ramifications of what happened in this episode yeah but we'll get there I guess. it's funny given how this episode ends it, it it sure didn't start out that way i mean it's very like susie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> susie homemaker i mean the cold open is just all about carol and you know how she's you know, hunting for acorns and she's trying to, you know, Carol's, it's so weird. She's, she's so resourceful. You know, we always, you know, she, obviously she was a homemaker, you know, prior to the zombie outbreak. So, uh, you know, she has some skills there and then she kind of went through this phase of being a complete and total badass and just kind of abandoning all that. And now it's almost like in the few weeks that things have been relatively calm, She's trying to kind of come back into her own, it, it seems. It's almost like, and and I think when we get to the end of the episode, one of the things I thought of in contrast to the beginning is that maybe she has some regret that she's let her skills lapse. Uh, and I don't, even, I don't even know if that's even fair to say yeah. that they've lapsed, but it just seems like she's not in the thick of it, and she... She she kind of uses Maggie as an excuse, but I almost think it's she's she's had a change of heart. Like if this was Carol from last season or the beginning of this season, like she'd be on the front lines, no question, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Daryl. And it seems like you know, as as a lot of these characters have changed with Alexandria, it seems like Carol is changing or wants to change as well. And so she kind of holds back, uh, you know, partially to protect Maggie, partially I think just because her heart's not in it. I I agree to a point. Um, I do think that while I was really happy with the kind of the time jump uh, from a few weeks back, that kind of gets us past the 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 results of the Great Zombie Massacre. Um, I do think some of those some of the elements that we could have seen before that time jump happened would have probably best served Carol and, and Morgan for that matter, as far as what really ha- what what happened there as far as like what it, and her just her discovering sam dying her disturbed realizing what morgan was doing like dealing more with the kind of direct aftermath of the of the uh, the wolf that she you know shot um, like just little things like that that maybe could have fleshed out more of carol before getting to this episode i think it's a bit of a shortcut it's not the worst thing in the world but i, I do again i do agree to a point with what you're saying about carol's possible 
uh, dialing down of her very ultimate badass persona for the sake of, hey, I can actually live this life again to a point while still, you know, being an ultimate badass. Yeah. I mean, if you remember back, she's had an interesting arc this entire season. She adopted this Susie Homemaker persona. Actually, I guess at the beginning of last season, when they, when they, in the beginning, or the, the end of last season when they entered Alexandria. But, I mean, she did it to kind of go undercover. She didn't want the Alexandrians to know who, what she was really capable of, and she did it kind of in pretend. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. The only that her, her real persona only came out when the, when the wolves arrived. I mean, she really kept that. That that hidden down that that she had these skills and she was a real, real tough warrior. Now that the wolves are gone, I guess she's reverting back to that 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 homemaker type of persona. But maybe you guys are right. Maybe I didn't think of it this way. Maybe she really wants to be that again. Maybe she wants to return to some type of normalcy somewhere deep down in her. And uh, and the food is part of it. You know, baking for the community. She was giving out the cookies to to a lot of different members of the community as just you know being warm and welcoming and and. and Trying to have some type of normalcy in this in this crazy world, I also think that, and I guess we'll talk more about this later. But that interaction with Morgan, although it wasn't a cold open, I guess we can talk about it now. I mean, I think Morgan may have rubbed off on her a little bit more than maybe even she'd like to admit. But she was counting her, you know, how many kills she had in a few scenes ahead, and maybe his philosophy is rubbing off on her a little bit. That's that's what I kind of had in my brain. That that. There's a part of it there, or at least a, like a, a, a more of a consideration, I would say, for what he's what his ultimate message is trying to be, uh, which I think is reflective in when she talks to Rosita later on in the episode. Um, but I, you mentioned the the Susie Homemaker guys, and I think it's it's a it's it's a couple things. Like one is like she, I don't know if she really needs to hold on to that persona at this point, where I think enough people have kind of seen what she's capable of, where I, it just doesn't matter. If that makes any sense, like it, she can, she, in a in a fight, she doesn't need to pretend that she's useless. But when she's not in a fight, she may have that persona, but she might ultimately just prefer to have that persona, like not even a persona, but just that's just her to begin with, where she's fully capable of defending herself or doing what she needs to do, or you know, speaking like a grim reaper to small children. Yeah. But um, but but choosing to make cookies, like I don't think that's an attempt to just kind of disguise herself. I think she just genuinely wants to make cookies. <laughs> Like, right. She she genuinely wants to use her skills as a as a homemaker for to because she she prefers doing that. Well, I thought it was a little more than that too because we could see she's caring about her appearance more. I mean, you know, she specifically picked that it looked like a silk shirt, you know, really nice shirt, mm-hmm. and you know, just just the way she looks. I mean, you know, her hair. She's kind of doing something with her hair, and, and you know, when she goes out to hunt for the acorns and comes across that that zombie and has to kill him uh you know it splatters blood and the look on her face not that she she's not upset the fact that the blood splattered on her or that it you know she had to kill this thing it was that it ruined this shirt this really nice shirt and they even make a point of it when she goes back that she has to pick out another shirt it's like she's she's paying attention to fashion because i mean for so long we saw carol wearing like you know, ratty old tank tops and i mean granted a lot of them you know just just based on the fact that they were in the situations they, they don't have other things to yeah, choose. Yeah, they, they were. They, you know, fashion wasn't a high concept thing, but but even more so than the others. Like she, you know, even you look at like Maggie or you look at even Rosita, like they're wearing clothes that are more like functional and comfortable and she purposely went out of her way to find something that looked nice. Uh, and, and a part of it, I guess, has to do with her uh, 
perceived new love interest. I, I guess I, w- I would say that that's that's where they're going with this. With Tobin, yeah. she brings some special cookies to Tobin, calls him a jerk, but uh, gives him cookies any, and tells they're him they're not any. It. They're not any other special, more special than the other cookies she got to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she. I think, it, I think it more or less is just she recognizes an attraction there and is like, "Screw it, why yeah. not?" <laughs> if anything, which is kind of interesting because, yeah. I mean, I was never fully into the whole Daryl and Carol thing. I always found it more of like a brother sister thing than a than a romantic thing. Mm. Uh, so. Mm. You know, this. I think she's finally feeling like she connects with somebody that can connect back with her. I think maybe she tried to connect with Daryl on that level, but, you know, she knows that Daryl's just not going to be that type of person that she wants to her. So I think that I think it's a mix of things of like just kind of a, a, a respect in our relationship that can remain entirely plutonic because we're just survivors and we can relate for various reasons based off this zombie apocalypse we're experiencing and not every male female relationship on a tv show needs to result in some kind of you know romantic entanglement whereas tobin i think it, it, it's a mix it's a it goes with the same line of thinking as her trying to dress nice i don't i don't think it's necessarily you know a ruse on her right. part to try and like fool people into thinking she's a certain way and yeah i'm not saying you guys are but um i do think that it's a it's a conscious effort to do something that feels very feminine sure. yeah uh, just, i mean and i'm not about to speak i'm if <laughs> i'm not about to speak for what i what i perceive to be you know the the feminine line of thinking i don't know anything in that regard really uh, but but it's from the best that i can understand based off a TV show with this female character, I think it's a more of like I'd like to, and even just any character in general, obviously not even gender related necessarily. Just I'd like to look nice, yeah. and hey, there's a person that sees has like, you know some kind of interest in me. I want to pursue this further because it's nice to do something that feels like you said early on normal for a change instead of you know loading up assault rifles and sneaking things around out of the armory or whatnot, firing rocket launchers at, at terminus yeah. and you know slaughtering yeah. people and yeah. Make no mistake, I, I, she was super hot when Daryl came in and like just start firing <laughs> off rockets. She was like, "Oh man, maybe I should have." This. I mean, after that, though. <laughs> you know, and Carol also leaves a cookie for Sam on his grave at that point. And I guess we realize that that kid really got to her too. I mean, just as much as she had an impact on him, uh, he had an impact on her in a certain way. I mean, she did lose a child herself. I mean, so mm-hmm. like the kind of giving off a certain level of advice and coming back to him. I mean, it wasn't like that was the only time they ever interacted. It's kind of, it was a recurring kind of thing between the two of them every time they interacted, which was multiples. And then, you know, his inevitable death along with just the nature of her character in general. I mean, it, it kind of, it seems pretty reflective on just how much these kind of things do still get to her. I mean, we get later on to the episode of her kind of understanding how many kills she's kept track of and things like that. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. she, yeah, she has a bad track record with kids. I mean, as much as she doesn't want to be, but I mean, she lost Miki, Mika and Lizzie. That that really she adopted to a certain degree, and then now Sam, and of course her own her own child Sophia. So she's had a really rough time with with with, with kids and being a mom. And even Tobin has a re- talk about that with her on the porch a little bit. Well, you're a mom, you know, and that it was kind of they're being deliberate about that again. Yeah, on the on the nose. Yeah, let's let's stick with this for a bit because I, I mean I, there's other things that happen in this episode, but I mean K- Carol is not even really a part of the main part of this episode. But like the episode starts with right. her, much like yes. the Abraham thing last week. Where Abraham, I think, was the lead of that episode, even though he wasn't really <laughs> that connected to like the main plot. Was he just happened to be around? But Carol, she's ter- like Melissa McBride is terrific in this role. And, oh, yeah. it, and she's terrific here as always and she doesn't even like do much action she kills like one zombie or whatever and like or two i guess later on uh but like her like purpose in this episode is not to be like one of the 
Rick and the gang murdering people inside of a room, it's to be on lookout. But, like, we still get a lot of time spent with her, dealing with this Tobin guy, with Morgan, with Rosita. Like, we get a lot of work, character work for work for Carol, and it's a real testament to how, like, well the show is done with her character, where... I, you know, I've, I've talked at length about how much I, I haven't been satisfied with certain arcs of this series and certain ones I have been very satisfied with. I'm, I'm a very big fan of this Alexandria arc. I look forward to seeing how it plays out. And But with Carol, like that's a, and among other, all the characters, this is a character I've never been dissatisfied with. There's some questionable things I thought about, like the prison when she burned those bodies and how where that could have gone. But in general, mm-hmm. like what Melissa McBride's been doing with this role and what they've given her, which... I can't imagine was like what she signed up for to begin with. She probably thought she was going to die in the first season. I think she was going to die at some point, right? Like the second season, I think. Well, she was disappeared season. for a few episodes when they first yeah. got to the prison in, yeah, they, in they, season season three. So they played. They played she was the, gone. They played the Glenn and the Garbage Can game with Carol. Early yeah, on, yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take her name out of the credits, though. Let, let, let's be clear, okay? They didn't. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they learned new tricks in the, in the season since that one. <laughs> But um, but I mean, seeing her, you know, here versus like thinking back to like you know, beat up wife, like it's a tremendous arc for this character. That's huge. Played, played very compared to something like Rick, where like I'm at least on board with Darth Rick at this point right now. But like, not everyone's always been on board with like how Rick. I mean, see, people right now aren't even. Not everybody's on board with how Rick is. I personally am. But I mean, Rick's gone back and forth a lot, which is probably the the issue with being a lead character who has to be interesting. You have to write them all kinds of ways to try to make them happen. Or Carol, she's a side character where it's like, man, she's just great all the time. <laughs> like they give her so much to do. That's evolved in such interesting ways that feel right for like her based off things that have happened to her. Oh yeah. I'll get off my Carol soapbox now. That's all <laughs> no, it's good. It's a good she, listen, she's given us a lot to talk about. So yeah. kudos to Melissa McBride and, and the writers because you're right, that character could have easily disappeared many seasons ago, but she's endured and become one of the fiercest warriors of the group. And we all seem to like her. So I guess it's, you know, testament to the, to the to great work. Well, and to even take it further at the end of the episode when it's her and Maggie, she makes a point. You know, we talked about the whole mother thing. She may, She's angry at Maggie for putting herself in this position to be out there. Yeah, you know it's it's Which, and again I think it's a lot of her hangups with the fact that you know she lost her own child and and like you were saying uh, to Craig you know with with the other kids that she's kind of lost I mean indirectly she unbeknownst to her she kind of let led Sam to the events that caused his death I mean you know he freaked out because of what she said to him more so than anything else. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think Sam was like, if if she didn't talk to him, would he really have been prepared? I don't know. For, like, I mean, she, she, I don't know. She kind of messed that kid she up. She messed him up pretty I mean. good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, her voice was echoing in his head literally at the yeah. moment when he he lost it. Right. I mean, that was Sam. But I mean, that's unbeknownst to her. I mean, I mean she has it. no she has no knowledge of of that being the case. But uh, but but again, you know, just the fact that she's even wanting to go down that road because i got the impression like when the whole bit with sam was you know she she doesn't want to deal with kids anymore especially after what happened with mika and and um um and what's his face and the other girl lizzie <laughs> thank you lizzie. Lizzie. Uh, yeah you know that i think she was like done with kids like she just you know too much loss or whatever and now you know again maybe it's this normalcy or whatever she's kind of snapped back and she gets angry for matt with at maggie for you know putting herself in there even to the point where she says something to rick about it i mean she's not even it, it she's she's just not letting it go 
Yeah, because originally, I mean, Carol was supposed to be part of the assault group that that Rick yeah. had, and she took herself yeah. out of it. You know, she was she was she's one of the fiercest warriors. I mean, she would have been right in the, in that building with the rest of the people. I have a I have a question. Do you guys agree with Carol, or do you agree with Maggie as far as uh, approaching this, this this kind of a? I don't agree with Carol. I, I think she she's her she's having some um, philosophical dilemma right now, and I, I don't I don't think her head's head's in the right place. I think Maggie's was definitely clear on it. She goes, "Look, I struck the deal. I got to be there with these people, at least in a supportive role. I got to be right there with them." Carol's the one that kind of held her back, and well, ultimately we see what happens. It kind of got them into some trouble. They're, they're both wrong based on the episode, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the episode has it both I, I side with Carol. I don't think Maggie... I mean, being a... Given how fragile everyone is in this world, the fact that you're a, a pregnant woman and given all the, the harshness of this world and lack of medical equipment and supplies and everything else, I, I think it's it was kind of a silly move, but... But I get her. I get her See, reasoning. I, I don't know. She's she's a warrior, though. I mean, she, she she's capable, and she's not really like it's not physically affecting her yet. The pregnancy. I mean, yeah, the risk is there that she can get injured, that, and the baby, of course, ultimately can get injured. But she was still capable. I think at this she's point, she's got to be like close to, to three months good. along. I mean, if there's stuff showing up yeah, on an ultrasound, ultrasound and everything else. I mean, you know, stress isn't good for a baby. I mean, she may be able to handle it physically, but um, mm, I see what but, you're saying. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I lean more towards Carol or uh, towards Carol just because um, who's left at, at Alexandria right now, given that all the heavy hitters seem to be on this stealth mission. Now, granted, you can't just assume Alexandria is going to get hit with you know high heavy forces every time. But then again, we just had a great zombie massacre because of things that happened last in the first part of the season. I mean, who's Carol's one of the you know leaders of the group. I mean, who who's back at the camp right now? Eugene. Like, Tobin, Tobin in the game. Tobin, yeah. Eugene, Tobin, Tobin. <laughs> the the son of son of Diana, who's like still burying his mom somewhere. Spencer for doc. hire. He's back there. Spencer for hire. The yeah. doc. The doc. Uh, Doctor Denise. Denise. Yeah, he's, that's right. And, and uh, Aaron's boyfriend Eric is back there. Uh, I guess uh, not. No kill Morgan. He's, no, no kill Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia. These, these... She watches the. She watches the pantry. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as promised. Mr. Jim Dietz joins us. Thanks thanks for hopping on. Jim. No problem, guys. Hey, did you figure out why Dingleberry's a brown yet? <laughs> no, we didn't get to that part yet. <laughs> that was a fantastic okay. uh, Abe line. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Something I've always wondered, you know? I'm glad they addressed it. And you guys, listeners, by the way, I knew Jim was coming on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have faith in me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That's pretty much like in our discussion where we're at is Abraham kind of has this. So I was a little confused with the whole Abraham thing. So did you guys take it to mean that Abraham was telling Rosita he's done with her or he's done, period? He's like leaving Alexandria. No, no, no. no. It, it was done with her. Yeah, it was done with her. I must have. He's. Like to me, he said, "I'm I'm leaving," and I I just thought he meant like part of his epiphany from the last episode was just you know that he's going to go on walkabout or something like that. But I mean, in, in addition to the show, you know, hammering home the like I have feelings for Sasha based sure. off of him saying I want to get to know you better than last week's episode. It, it was a his even his line is like uh, what was it? Um, I found out you're not the last woman in the world. I mean, that's. Be clear, he's like, there's some yeah. other woman in the world. Yeah, that's what you know, I. Was that's why I thought it was it. weird because yeah. it, you know, he's saying he's leaving, and then he's he, you know, he specifically says it to her, which 
Man, talk about cold. That's some cold. Oh, yeah, that's he's a cold yeah, that's, he's, a, he's a real porch dick about it, say. that's for sure. Man. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Of, that's the really you know, big takeaway for me is how cold-heartedly he did it, you know? And it's, I mean, he, he did it in just a very abrupt way, and I, I guess he just wanted to rip the Band-Aid off, so to speak, and just oh, yeah, not draw this out, not you just say, look, it's done, it's over, I'm out, see you later. I mean, he could have been more tender about it, but then again, that's not his way. Yeah, it, it was either this or we'd get like some really awkward talk about like you know how I used to pour my bisquick over here. Well, it looks like I found a new grill to put my grills on. Like I don't know what you're going for. <laughs> I'm switching from I mean, Waffle House to IHOP, baby. Uh, yeah. Like I don't know how many more breakfast metaphors he has. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some guy sometimes a guy doesn't want to eat waffles and pancakes every day. Sometimes he wants an omelet. Just cut, cut, cutting back and forth to Rosita, just staring like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Is he hungry? Is he hungry? What's going on? I don't get it. So can we talk about this as men for a second? Obviously, Rosita is the hottest one in, in, in town, right? In Alexandria. She pretty much is. I mean, and he's leaving her for Sasha, who's also very attractive in her own way. Don't get me wrong. But most people are going like, why? What are you doing? I mean, maybe that's purpose. Maybe they did that, again, purposely to make people scream at him and say, what the hell are you doing? He's I'm not waiting. exactly trading up. I'm waiting for Judith to grow up, and then I can form a proper decision on all this. I don't know. <laughs> she may be the hottest one in camp. Yeah. I think it's a tough choice because, I mean, I, I I don't know that I agree with you necessarily just, you know, even on the, the look side of things. But Sasha is more, like, well-rounded as a person. Like, she has some personality, and she's I – don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Rosita just seems a little one-note to me. Um to, I mean, honestly, too, the, to the show's detriment, we don't know about, enough about Rosita. Well, that's true. It feels more of a... If we only know the show's universe as it's described to us, then yes, Sasha makes sense. We don't know why he's with Rosita beyond, the, beyond his basic just blanket statement of, I thought you were the last woman on Earth. There could be some more that they've that led to them being together or whatnot, based on her backstory that we just don't know yet. But I feel like the show's being a little disingenuous right now, just by only giving us one side of things and not really giving us much to be beyond. Like Rosita seems like a cool chick. Like we don't have anything else to really root for the relationship, even though it it's still cold, regardless of how Abraham handles the <laughs> scenario. My heart belongs to Carol. So. <laughs> and and her beet and acorn cookies, right, Jim? I mean, is that uh... dude? That's a, you know the man, way to a man's heart through his stomach. That's what they always say. <laughs> I still say you should come out with a cookbook, Jim. The Walking Dead cookbook. All right, we we, we got a lot of recipes now building up for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and then, of course, Eugene hearing it was just like that was like oh the my most God, wonderfully the awkward thing. moment yeah. ever. Yeah, it his uh, it's like, have you tasted these cookies? <laughs> They're kind of kind of chewy, and the the, the beats really big. Like, it, it just closes the door. Yeah, it's the did great. you see his shirt? Did you see his, Virginia's for lovers? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my, every everything about it. Like like Abraham just delivered. Like in the midst of being a cold hearted porch dick, he just delivered this amazing line about dingleberries, and then Eugene's like, I have comedy chops to top you on this one, and this goes. For it. <laughs> just stand there with the mullet, eating a beet cookie, and saying Virginia's Virginia's for lovers. It's perfect. It's great. Can we uh, can we back up to the because the church meeting that happens like yeah yeah to me this shows it was interesting because Rick is like okay this is what we have to do and kind of the the inner circle agrees that that's what they need to do but I thought it was interesting that he 
took it to the group and said, I don't know, man, just like the way that that Rick came off during that during that sequence really resonated with me. Like the fact that he was like, look, this is what we've got to do. This is why we've got to do it. We know, you know, if we don't face him now, we're going to face him down the road. It's happened to us before. It's going to happen to us again. And he said, but, you know, I'm I'm willing to hear from everybody. Let's, you know, if, if you got something to say, say it. I felt that you know, contrast. I was going real quick. Uh, contrast that with when they were going to attack the hospital, and Rick is like, mm. "We're gonna go here, kill this guy here, kill this guy here, kill this guy here," and Tyrese is like, "You know, we don't have to kill all these people. There's nobody that stands up like that when this goes down." Rick is like, "We're gonna have to kill these people. This is how we're gonna do it." Not one person is like, "Well, we really Morgan, besides Morgan, standing up." Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, but other than Morgan, I mean, you know, right. it's just like I just contrasted those scenes from from then to now. I mean, it's just it's changed so much, you know. At least there was the. There was like a patina of humanity before where, you know, hey, we don't have to kill all these people, whereas now it's like everybody's going to be dead. I think Rick is in his best place right now as a leader. Like, he has gone from one extreme to the other. He's gone from complete pacifist in season two where he didn't want to kill anybody. Then we've seen him as his worst with the long beard coming out of Terminus, (laughs) and and that was his worst part, part. Now he's, I think he's the most, he's in the best mental state I think he's ever been in. I think and certainly he's certainly, talking yeah. like a leader. Certainly, that applies to his when he's with his people, and now that he considers Alexandria his people, it makes it a lot easier for him to make giant plans with right. a bunch of people around him. As opposed to even like the beginning of this season, where any red shirt Us that questions them. him, yeah, uh, yeah, any red shirt that questions him is killed by the end of the, or the you know the first twenty minutes yeah. of the episode. But I, what I, <laughs> what, what, plus, uh, plus what, anything Rick would want to do, it had to be run by Deanna and the uh, the gang of four or whatever. Yeah, the the uh, right. the uh, the uh, what's the Green Lantern thing? The um, <laughs> the, con- the, the Council of Oa. The Council of Oa. Yes, thank you. The guardian, the guardians of the universe. <laughs> the the big brain guys, those guys. Um, but, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, Oa. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, but with Russ, what you were saying, um, I'm losing it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, with uh, with um, with um, Rick being responsive to other people's thoughts on these things, um, I felt that resonated even more so when Morgan did present his thing, and when Rick didn't just like shoot Morgan down. Yeah. much like he could have done in the past. He he, he says Morgan's got a problem with this. Do any of you right. guys are like he would have if anyone had anything to say he would have heard them out and he obviously listened to Morgan and if anyone would have backed Morgan he probably would have listened to how that would have gone too it wouldn't necessarily have made a change for anything but it seems like yes I agree he is more receptive to counter ideas that could possibly be better in this scenario while I personally would want more than just like one group of people says this group of people is bad regardless of how dangerous that motorcycle group seemed to be I can see where Rick's going on this, and you can see what in the show's logic. I can see why the necessary choices he makes are the ones that are necessary. It has to happen, and he said it. He goes, "This, this is how we survive. There's no way around it. Our food will be gone in a month, and then by that time we'll be weak. And this group's going to come knocking on our door. They're going to find us eventually. We'll be in the worst possible place. They're going to kill one of us, kill many of us. He's he's really rationing this thing out, and he knows from experience now." If you don't go after groups like this, they will, they will come for you. Based, so he's, uh, based enti- I mean, it. yeah, there's experience, but it's also based entirely on the word of another group, which I, I do think there's room well, for. Well, sort of, but also the area. fact that yeah. Daryl and crew met these guys and they right. wanted to take all of their stuff. I mean, there was no, uh, you know, and then and then we're going to kill to, them. To, if, 
if I'm going to play devil's advocate on that, we didn't actually see them do anything besides act intimidating. Yes, they, well, they were about to shoot Abraham. I mean, they we say right... this. I don't. I mean, that guy well, was going I mean... back and forth the whole time. I don't know. Maybe he was kidding once again. <laughs> True. <laughs> they, got, they got blown up by an RPG before I had really time to see what was going to fan out. But the intent was for them. I mean, you take it's like anything else, right? You take disparate information and make and make a decision based on it. So it's like, OK, he's got Daryl and Sasha and Abraham's firsthand account of these guys a huge gang of them that threatened to basically take all their stuff. And the way that they presented it was what's yours is Nagin's. Like he made, they made it very clear that they don't own anything that Nagin, whatever they have is Nagin's. And then you have this other group that's saying independently the same thing. And, and it has been that way. I think you put those two together and it's like, okay, this is what we're basing our information on. And we've, we've seen groups and we've dealt with people that have, you know, been like this before and and this is you know it, it never ends well and it always you know it always ends up going downhill but just uh, i.e. the governor the claimers yeah. i mean we can name all any number of groups that have been like this uh, I, marauders I, if you will i completely agree and i'm really just arguing for the sake of arguing sure but um it's, no, it's, it, especially especially because the show has made it so clear of you know how it conducts its business where obviously whatever group they're going to encounter is a bad group sure I mean, there's, sure there's, the show's not the show's not complicated enough in in that way where it's going to you know provide some sense of doubt for rick and what he's doing rick's the hero so we're always going to make him do hero things sure sure regardless yeah no i totally agree but I, I again i just liked his delivery i liked that he i think he's instilling confidence in the people that aren't just because i think even you know, like when they first got to Alexandria, there were people like Daryl and, you know, obviously Carol and some of the others that weren't on board with Rick. They were – it's like, yeah, he's he's gotten them as far as they are and they have reason to believe him. But he was just so bent out of shape and out of whack with, you know, Alexandria. And for him to kind of come back to this point and be willing and, – and it wasn't just a, a appeasement. He wasn't patronizing everybody. I mean, he literally would have listened to – you know, if somebody else had a legitimate way that they could work around this without that didn't mean let's storm the you know the castle and kill everybody, I think he genuinely would have given it a thought. Where where like we're saying is before he would have just been like, nope, we're, it's my way or the highway. This is the dictatorship, and I just I, I like if if this is the way we're going, I just I I like it. Now, given how things turn out, this it may all blow back on him, but. Uh, but at least for now, I, I really like the the way that they're they're writing him. I like how I, Aaron st- uh, stood up and supported Rick as yeah. well, and he's I guess the spokesperson of the pre Rick Alexandria, if you will. And well, he uh, he's like, he, look, we're, we're with you. He feels he, 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 he feels bad about the wolves though, because he because his he does his, his yeah. diary or whatever like got caught, and that's how they knew what to do. I mean it. Plus, he sees what happens to all the other uh, Alexandrians that go up against Rick. They like become red shirts. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have he enough. Wants to survive. He, he doesn't have <laughs> enough impressions to save himself from a zombie attack. No, no, he doesn't. And at this point, we see Carol's note. Uh, I, I took a screenshot of it, and I was trying to read it. The, I mean, her diary, I should say, that she was writing to to herself, and I couldn't piece together all of it. There was one line in there. I, I got most of it. It said R K D L for Lizzie, I guess. The initials of all the people she's killed. Right, but there was one line that said candle women. I'm like, what is a candle women? Did we miss something? Did she have an adventure somewhere before Alexandria that we didn't know about? Or I didn't really understand that one, but mm-hmm. she killed a few people. And then, of course, she put the W's. But, she killed seven right. W's. 
Because uh, <laughs> RR was for Ryan. That was Lizzie and Mika's dad. She oh, killed him. okay. Is that with uh, R? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. K and D were for Karen and David. Karen and David. Killed, she killed at the uh, prison. Right. And L is for Lizzie. Okay. Uh, Psycho, Psycho Kiddo. Those are the only ones I could figure out. And then ter- Terminus people, obviously, the ones she took out and... And then and the W's, yeah, the W's. But they, that Candle Woman, I didn't know exactly what that was. Maybe it's a reference to something else. Candle Woman the, in right. the in Terminus. There's Terminus, that whole yeah. room full of candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought she yeah. lumped. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, what was her name? Tasha Mary Yar. or something, wasn't it? Mary, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Denise Crosby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Perfect. Thank you. So the eighteen was the total. Yeah. Is that what it was? The eighteen. That's how many people she. Killed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. seven W's and the rest of the ones we just listed, gotcha. so 18. Yeah. It, yeah, everyone that's wrong on that can reset their Carol counters now. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that was the point had, of the episode, right, was people that had actually killed another human being and people that haven't, you know, or, or and not even that just, like, cold-bloodedly killed somebody, you know, kind of firing off at somebody mm. in the distance, you know, like when the everybody stormed the prison, that's a little different, but actually walking up to somebody with the intention of murdering them, uh, you know, I, I guess yeah. that was a little foreshadowing to what we'll see with with Glenn, with Heath, you know, with some of the others. It's largely what I'm enjoying about this part of the season in general, where we've gotten away, we've gotten more and more away from zombies being a real threat, and more in, back into. I mean, obviously, the show's always kind of gone in and out of this, but really focusing on the the cost of life when it comes to humans that you know aren't turned into walkers in this new world. I mean, I, I'm enjoying. Seeing where that's going to play out, and especially because we're coming up to what I assume are certain things that are going to change the ways we uh, react to things, um, <laughs> to say things lightly about this Negan presence that we don't know too much about as of yet. Um, it's it's neat to, it's neat to see the show kind of slowly bet now that we've had this giant. It's almost like they got the quota of walkers out of the way in the first couple episodes, just so we can kind of settle down with the walker kills and focus more on real human threat and what it means to these characters that have to kind of execute certain uh, situations that, you know, might leave them feeling uncomfortable in some way. Yeah, yeah. And I like how Rick even asks Father Gabriel, he's like, why are, you know, he shows up, he's got his his rifle and he's he's still wearing the collar and he's like, why are you, why do you even still wear that thing? And they kind of joke about it, and he even says, "Well, you know, we're going in at night, so it'll be harder for them to see me." We're, in, we're at the at the, at the rate that these two are going, as far as their relationships, we're going to get like a second sub um, spinoff that that'll have Rick and Rick and Father Gabriel doing like a buddy cop. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've gone from antagonistic to like we can just chum it's, around about these things now. It's Rick and the Rev. Yeah, Rick and the Rev. There we go. <laughs> I was tearing, tearing it up in the apocalypse. I was reading something. And look, they found. And look, they found an orangutan <laughs> coming to a town near you. <laughs> Any which way but Grimes. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, but I guess they were talking to Seth Gilliam and asking him about that. And I guess he he takes he takes it as you know Rick and Carl were training him, uh, you know during during the. You know the the period. You know the the time the time the jump. Time one jump. of the time jumps. I guess he says yeah. he kind of takes it as like he's like a warrior priest now. Like he's some kind of uh, 
you know, shotgun preacher yeah. or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, it it's seven years when the show is still inevitably on. He'll have the same arc as Carol in this race. <laughs> he'll become everyone's favorite, be everyone's favorite character. <laughs> he'll just use he a different Bible that. verse every episode when he kills somebody, right? He'll exactly. Just be, you know, yeah. He'll yeah. be the um, Trump. Total Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> yes. moment where he's like, you know, let your heart not be troubled. Yes. <laughs> great. He'll be like, he'll be the black Charles Bronson of The Walking Dead. <laughs> For you listeners, Charles Bronson was a star back in the 70s and 80s. He used to make movies <laughs> called Death Wish and various sequels. Death Wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a moment also between um, Carol and Rosita right at that same point where they exited the RV. And we also didn't really too much, spend too much time on this, but Morgan, we find out after Morgan talks to Carol as well that Carol didn't reveal to Rick and the leadership or Rick and the gang that that Morgan harbored the wolf. Yeah, and save this guy. And, and Rosita says, "I was ready to tell everybody right there in the church." And she goes, "Hey, take it easy, you know. Um, it, it just, just don't do it. Just, just relax." Yeah, it's uh, again, we've we've talked about Carol plenty so far, but I mean, it, it is a good emphasis on Carol's kind of shifting mind frame. Perhaps I mean it. There's a it, which is actually it's fun to kind of it counterbalances with Rick to a point. Like they're both. They both always have been like very pragmatic people, but there are varying degrees of that. Where, at least based off you know what we've seen recently, Carol is kind of in this episode, I guess you know, kind of backed off from how she directly handles things. Where Rick is more open to certain ideas, even if he is going to kind of still go kind of the the most straight line route possible. I'm just glad she was back this episode. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, that's also nice. Yeah, she's she's one of my she's my favorite character um, going forward. So now. We've talked so far about this episode. Now it's time to talk about probably the best part of this episode. The hunt yeah, for Gregory's Rick... head. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, when Rick when Rick punches faces. That's what I was earlier to say. <laughs> that's in my notes. Rick punches faces. It says that. <laughs> At first, I was like, when they park the RVs and stuff, and they're getting, and they're like, okay, we're going to spread out. And then they're looking. And it took me about, like, three seconds. And I'm like, oh, they need a head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was just the funniest thing like they're looking at all these walkers and like you know which one's going to be a match for gregory and you know they're even going so far as to like cutting the hair and uh you know the, the it's just it's so funny and then whole, that bit with the nose like well his nose looks a little off and rick just punches the crap out of his nose it's like oh well he got out of hand and you know broke you know he broke your hand so you had to rough him up so yeah, and Andy had a good line there. Andy from Hilltop said, "The the saviors are scary, but those pricks have nothing on you." Yes, because <laughs> yes. Rick also at that point said, "What he did the what yes. again?" Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. We all we all know the the head thing now, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so, let's share it though with our audience because I don't know if everyone saw that post, but it was pretty funny. So among the severed heads that were presented yesterday or in this week's episode, uh, Johnny Depp's face was among the uh, <laughs> the heads. He had a, the one on the right, the rightmost head was Johnny yeah. Depp, right? Yeah. yeah and then the middle one was Greg Nicotero or something. Had yeah. that mold laying around. Yeah. So for anyone that wanted to see Johnny Depp's zombified head going i mean that's i guess it wasn't even zombified but you know his head <laughs> in the walking yeah. dead there it is <laughs> <laughs> but i just there's just something about it was like a great relief point in the episode because it's so absurd but yet makes perfect sense right it's like you know it i, I like it when undercuts the, uh, the tension yeah. like that you know i mean after a while i can just 
kind of get oppressive, you know, just tension after tension after tension. It's nice to let the air out of it every once in a while, you know. And every time Rick says what, that's it. It's fine. I mean, yeah. stuff and things and what. Is is what going to be the new coral? That's the new yeah. <laughs> stuff, things, coral, and what. <laughs> but that brings us to Flight 462, Aaron. I don't know if you're ready for that. Oh, or not, hey. <laughs> are you saying it's time for another Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462 podcast episode? Uh, I'm, I'm saying it is that time, Aaron, yes. Oh, we're, man, okay. We, <laughs> brought to you by Delta Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> we totally need Bill McGonnell to do a VO for the Flight 462 interlude, and we need to put like some... <laughs> Like some music, some some like breaking headline music, and make it a bumper. And now oh your boy. weekly Fear the Walking Dead Flight Four Sixty Two update. So this week, the the dumb woman <laughs> whose husband turned into a zombie, although she wouldn't know it's a zombie, she's like, I think he's okay. So she used that convenient lock that's outside of the door of the bathroom to open the right. door, and she was immediately taken down by her dead zombie husband. Then the air marshal, who's supposed to be you know <laughs> responsible with his weapon, decides to just open fire in the airplane at the you know the corpse of this man doesn't seem to realize anything that's not stopping him until the very informed woman says, shoot him in the head. But of course, at that point, he's run out of bullets. And this is after the zombies already attacked him, pushed him down, even pushed his hand to the side so he can take shots into the side of an airplane, which I'm sure that probably went well as well. Sure. This yeah. is, yeah, this, this is a, this was, this was a really tense episode though. A lot of things happened. Something tells me if, like if you shot somebody three or four times in the center mass, like, I, it's funny because I did some research because I was like, man, it didn't seem like he shot that many bullets. And I thought those guys carried Glocks. Shot and, ten times. And, and, ten yeah. times. Yeah, and those and those that should carry more. Like I thought a Glock carried like between like 13 and 15 and all this. Stuff. So it, yep. it drove me nuts. So I started looking and I did all this research. And uh, this is what we do for you here on the Walking Dead TV podcast. We we <laughs> spend research. We spend 30 minutes to research a 50 second uh, uh, video clip. Uh, Russ had to bring back. Work. Russ had to bring back five of the interns that normally work on the rest of the show for this episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but I guess doing some research, I found that uh, air marshals carry Sig Sauer's, and I guess it is yeah. not inconceivable that they would carry ten rounds. That it, I guess, depending on the exact model, they could carry anywhere from like ten to fourteen rounds. Uh, based on the cal, I'm a Sig Sauer owner, so based on the caliber of of the Sig, I have a 227, which is a ten round. 45 cal so uh, i'm sorry yeah so if he was if he had that model then yeah it could have been uh 10 rounds plus one in the pipe probably being an air marshal i I thought about that too i'm like he probably doesn't walk around with one in the chamber like that's probably not like super safe he probably just has the you know the the clip which is 10 so i went back and rewatched it again safely but you know that's i mean the only ones that don't do that is like um i think the israeli military they don't carry one in the pipe they they're allowed to cock it most people do carry one in the pipe that's the fastest way to get if you're in a situation to get a bullet out you don't want to sit there and have to cock your gun and looks cool for the movies but that's not how people usually carry but either way based based on based on the way that abraham talks all the time i'm sure he always has one in the chamber Um, (laughs) i'm sure there's probably a deleted he's not shooting blanks right yeah exactly there's probably a deleted scene from the flight 462 web series that's you know a whole like five seconds where he like shot two passengers just for the hell of it before we got to this so i mean you know (laughs) yeah well it's it's funny because one of the things in looking it up it they're trained to shoot center mass and then the head and i'm like because that, that was the other thing too. Watching it, I'm like, okay, one, this dude was a little uh, like antsy, and I'm like, if you're an air marshal, something tells me you're not like you're you're pretty steeled. Like, if your whole job is to get on a plane and potentially shoot somebody, you're probably you're probably a different class of person than than most people. <laughs> um, but 
I'm like, okay, you shoot the guy three times in the chest and he's not dead. Wouldn't you just think, okay, maybe I'll shoot him in the head just just to be sure? It's like, I don't know. Not on Flight 462, apparently. Man. <laughs> and that's plenty of time spent on Flight 462. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> More than the actual episode. I'm sure. Listeners are getting their money's worth right now. <laughs> but this really was the best episode of Flight 462 all around. I mean, oh, the most sure. happened, I Something think. Happened. I agree. Yes, this is, this is the best episode of Flight 462. You're right. <laughs> 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 it's like declaring I'll, someone the world's tallest midget. You know, it's a pretty dubious honor. I'll give it five package hand, uh, baggage handlers out of five. Nice. It's a strong, strong score. I, I, I also, I, I also <laughs> failed in my duties because two weeks ago, I think I said I, since I was going on a plane, I would look and see if there was a lock on the outside of the bathroom, and I failed to look at that. <laughs> so that bit of research well, was a failure. Well, next time, Russ. Good luck. We're all counting on you. Thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. Auto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> meanwhile, at the homestead, uh, I, I thought it was cool when they rolled up to that place. It looked like a SETI facility. I mean, it was like these huge yeah. radar dish, like this hardened facility. Uh, and I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys got this vibe uh, from this part of the episode, but from here until the end, it felt like a John Carpenter flick. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, the music, music, the music oh, was yeah. very carpentry, yeah. for sure. I mean, everything's at night. It was real, you know, sh- kind of closely shot. A lot of shooting Those and running, and I, I, red lights from the outside. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it completely I mean, agree. I, I I wish I could. I wish we could interview Nicotero and just ask him like, it, did was this in your head? Like, were you kind of thinking along these lines? Because it, I mean, it just like it just shouted out to me, John Carpenter. Yeah, it, it's a very Without getting into the specifics so far of what these what our care what our hero what our heroes do, um, it, the the way it's shot, the, I mean both the kind of the stealth portion and the kind of action heavy portion, they're really well. I mean Nicotero really this is if anything this is pretty. I mean the, we've had shootouts and stuff before. This just felt like a very accomplished scene as far as yeah in, engaging in a level of action that kind of had its its level of, of a layer of tension there that felt kind of alien to the series. Can I ask a question? Please. Yes. Why? Why did Maggie go with them? Yeah, we were uh, we were talking about this early on in the yeah, uh, yeah. the podcast. We yeah, because uh, I mean she's she's you know she's pregnant. So you're she... you're on the you're on the Carol side of the situation. Jim agrees with like, me. Yeah. <laughs> See, Carol's See, right. I was on the other side of the situation. I was saying, well, she's still a very capable warrior. She's not exactly her I'm pregnancy not. isn't slowing her down yet, and she's the one you know that what? made the deal with the Hilltoppers and. You know, I, I guess that's why she felt responsible to go. Yeah, but, but even even with op, you know even with optimal c- conditions, it's probably not advisable for a woman who is carrying you know a baby that she w- wants to see determ to go on a you know stealth killing spree. Um, I don't know. I just thought I just didn't understand logically why they brought her along. Um, and then later, you know, so that was mainly like, the majority. Like, sir. Car- that was Car- my main. Carol, I could under yeah. Carol, I could understand. Carol is a great shot and. You know, it's proven her worth several times when the chips were down, you know. Maggie, I mean, she's pregnant, and I just didn't... I mean, maybe I'm being a chauvinist here, but just thinking, you know, that it's not like this is the uh, the optimal conditions for her to have a baby. I would think they would not take any chances at all, you know, with her. I, I was um, thinking you know, about... Miscarrying or whatever. I was thinking along the lines of both, because she's, you know, in the kind of... She has a kind of leadership position at this point, and yes, I mean, regardless, I, I'm happy that she makes the choice for herself. I'm not going to downplay the idea of, like, she can't do whatever she wants to do, but at the same time, 
there do seem to be like legit reasons of why she shouldn't be there both being one that kind of is negotiating between with another town being one who diana left as one of the main leaders in charge being one of the more dependable people of the gang who all seem to be on the same mission together uh it, it just i can see where carol's coming from and i would side more with her than with maggie's like i gotta be here with glenn he's my husband i can't lose him again that kind of thing <laughs> And we've, we've seen it before, too, where she was left behind because of her condition just earlier this season, right? I mean, when they went on the um Yeah, and she made a stupid decision the then. And it had to go out in the middle of it, too. So, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it just seems like they're taking unnecessary chances that they shouldn't have with her. I agree. So speaking of things getting dangerous for people, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Rick and um, and Glenn and their their encounters in this, in this stealth mission. Yeah. So the it kind of starts out pretty innocuous, right? I mean, they they have the cool exchange, so they they're able to p- pass off to Negan's men that that's truly Gregory's head, and they buy it. Uh, and I love that because he, he they have it in a bag, and he goes to hand them the bag. He's like, I don't want the bag, and then he takes the head out, and the guy starts using it like a puppet, which was like that is just nasty. And so, like, right off the bat, you're like, okay, well, these, these guys these are guys, jerks. Yeah, so, these guys of course, are clearly unhinged. The, the second one walks out, another walks in, who, or, like, or, uh, or, or um, Daryl walks in, just, like, slices the guy's throat, like, stabs him in the face, we assume. We see it off screen. It's like, yeah. and, and, they're, and they're all very, like, str- strategized about this. They're all, it's, like a, it's like watching, like, SEAL Team 6 come in to, like, invade as they, like, take away the body and clear it. It was pretty awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> They were definitely like a like a special forces unit or a SEAL team. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right about that. Yeah. And then, then you know the they decide to to stick with the stealth mode. So it's you know if they were playing like Splinter Cell or or Thief or something, they would definitely be getting the the bonus points for stealth kills as opposed to just going in guns blazing. But um, my my favorite part of all that was Abraham putting his hair in a do rag because the red hair would stand out at night. So we yeah. need to make sure you covered that up. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, wait, who's with Sasha? And the, oh, it's Abraham. He put a two-rack He's <laughs> getting into character. Yeah. But yeah, so we so we see Rick. Rick doesn't take much hesitation, right? He go he walks no. in the room. He takes his knife. He looks at him. He's like, all right, where's the best place? As opposed to like, should I do this? It's more of like, where's the best place to do this? And he does it, kills the guy. The knife's extra gooey. Which was disgusting, by the way. It's like God, oh, they really want to make sure you know. And like he's out the door. Then we check in with Glenn and Heath, right? And like early on, they had a cut. Do we talk about their conversation they had? No, no. We should probably yeah. No. We should probably back up and talk about that. So when they were in the woods, yeah, they were looking for the zombies. They kind of have this conversation about the fact that just hesitation about you know Heath is like, well, I've never killed an actual human being, you know, before. And Glenn's like, yeah, neither have I. Um, I would have thought that something Glenn would have done again, but I, I guess it's the up close and personal part. Like, he, yeah, it's a direct you know, kill type. Yeah, thing. D- I, Glenn has never looked somebody in the eye and killed them. Uh, that, I, uh, that was even then, alive. like I, I'm trying to think back to just giant skirmishes they've been involved with. I don't think Glenn's ever even like you know rained down gunfire on somebody, even like in Terminus or stuff yep. like that. I think he's always been maybe nearby and like helped defend against walkers, but I can't think of a time where they. Even with that, what's the one guy um, who shot himself in the face and caused the the great Glenn mystery of 2015? Um, Nicholas. Nicholas, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, he could have killed him in the woods or whatever. He showed, like, they've made the show's made right. a big stance to try to keep Glenn, you know, good. For, true, for true. Lack of a better way to say it. Yeah, but um, they kind of have this conversation about how 
you know, especially Heath is like, you know, I don't know if I want to be, you know, can I be that person? You know, is that who I, who I am? You know, that kind of thing. And, and Glenn kind of, they, they kind of sympathize with each other over the fact that, you know, th- this isn't going to be an easy thing for them to do, even though they, they both uh, wholeheartedly agree that it needs to be done. Yeah. And when the, we you know when things, when it comes to doing this, uh, Glenn, you know, pulls a move at where he kind of saves Heath from having to go through it. Like, obviously, yeah. he does his, and it, it is horrible. Hesitantly. It is, yeah, has very hesitantly, and it's horrible. It's horrible for him. He feels really bad about it. You see obvious emotion on his face, as he should. Or, like, I, Rick is, you know, more accustomed to this at this point. I wouldn't say he com- he completely doesn't care about what he's doing, but at the same time, I think he's, you know, got a grip on himself when it comes to having to do certain horrible things for, you know, a, a greater good. Greater good. But, um seeing Glenn go through with it and then seeing him take one for the team essentially by force by not letting have making Heath have to do it. It it's a it's a good character beat. It, it kind of reaffirms what we established earlier for in a show where I often am not hugely responsive to how they try to go about their character beats. I like this one quite a bit. And it's <laughs> it does kind of bring into question before immediately resolving it. How far are these are our heroes really going now? Where we're actually killing people in their sleep before they even pose a credible threat? Yeah, and then the show immediately doubles back and says, "By the way, here's a bunch of Polaroids of how horrible these people are to really make sure." You right? Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like you know, uh, they set up this like moral dilemma and then immediately dismiss it. It's like, nope, these are really really bad guys. Yeah, you know, even beyond them using words like needle dick and and whatever else, shit brain and stuff. You know, even beyond their bad language. <laughs> These are some really rough guys. So. And I mean, Glenn was practically crying yeah. as, as he took yeah. the plunge with the yeah. knife. I mean, he, he was sobbing or at least gasping or something. I mean, he was really stressed out about that first one. It was the first right, time. Right, then he moves the, over. It was, sorry, yeah. it was the first time in a while where I felt uncomfortable watching something on The Walking Dead, where in a show yeah. that does a lot of yeah. really crazy things. I haven't felt uncomfortable in a while. Maybe, I don't know, even Carol shooting Izzy was kind of like I feel like I know where this is going it didn't really get to me that much but this one yeah, was yeah, like it wasn't... I, I was like wow this, this feels bad and I know they're bad people but it's like this is just it's like this is this is my boy Glenn who's you know right. gen- genuine, generally my favorite character as far as I've always I know I always, I always know where I am with Glenn Carol's my favorite character in terms of like characterization but as far as like I know what I know who I can rely on to like make me smile to some degree it's, like, it's basically Glenn and Abe like <laughs> and Eugene mm-hmm. <laughs> right I just, uh, um, I don't know. He seems like he's been the moral rudder for the past season or two. I mean, comparatively yeah. to Rick, you know, and Rick kind of went off the edge. Sure. And it's different levels of violence. I mean, it's different, you know, taking out a walker or, you know, facing someone on a field of battle like the, you know, prison sequence. Or, you know, like you said, Aaron, killing these guys in their sleep. You know, I mean, it's, they're entirely different acts of violence. And, you know, that I had the same reaction you did. It was It was hard to watch. And you're right, he has been the moral compass. I mean, I guess it started with Dale, and then Herschel took over, and now it's been Glenn. He's been the moral compass, or at least the, the you know, at least championing that cause uh, for the last couple of seasons. Getting to those Polaroids, though, for one second, were they like of people's heads beaten in, it looked like to me? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Seemed, okay. Some kind of object I'll, used to beat them in. Some kind of object used to beat someone's head it, in and then took pictures yeah, like of it. a okay. pole or a beam or a bat yeah. <laughs> or a if you guys gun. are am- amenable to it i'd like a to large salami but yeah just you know and then once we get past the the tactical aspect of it things start to escalate the alarm gets tripped and then it's just all out gunfire i mean and they're able to do a pretty good job of clearing everything out because the 
the the saviors are kind of taken by surprise like they don't know what's going on um and then just you know they don't really even have time to react before they're just mowed down and you know the the alexandrians kind of split up into different teams and you know they're able to you know to take everybody out and just kind of clear out this facility they they probably had to kill what about 20 25 people i would guess it felt that much yeah i mean you yeah. saw them coming down the stairs a few people yeah. in the hallway i mean yeah that Leonard shot of them going down the hallway yeah that shot of the three of them in the hallway dude and when that was, uh, that was pretty epic and when heath and uh and glenn find the armory and they just right. they just unload on that door it was like they they look like two kids at a candy store for about <laughs> half a minute because they're just like every weapon imaginable um strung up but, there I guess Heath did kill somebody then. I mean, ultimately, right? If that's what we're, yeah, but well, I mean, the but, door. Yeah, but the show. Uh, okay, I mean, the show yeah, does yeah. lean back on it too. The show does like give it. It makes it kind of a a, a a moment of like, look at us shooting at this door. Let's have a slow pull away to show the door opening and see all the cut the chaos we cause. I mean, he he does react to it. Like he does. It's not for nothing that like it happens. Like we do see Heath react to the fact that oh I did I had to kill people in the moment of crisis, which I you know is obviously right. a little bit more compl- or less complicated than you know sleep death. But, uh. mm, that's true. They're under attack. You're right. It's, yeah. it's us or them. It's different. You're right. Jesus saves the day <laughs> as usual. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but it was it was pretty cool. I mean you know. They clear out the facility, and then I was like, "Man, that had that had to be a pretty long night." Because didn't they raid the start on the raid on that facility at like midnight? Well, Rick said uh, before dawn. I thought to get him right before dawn because okay. that way they're they're really tired and everyone's okay. still asleep, and it's. You know. I get. Oh, maybe they had it out at noon. anyway. I thought there was something said about midnight. I was like, "Man, that was a really long." It took it took them a really long time, but. Yeah, I think they started out at midnight, but they they got to the facility just a little bit before dawn. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so of course they you know they finish clearing everything out. Uh, they step outside and then of course there's one straggler, uh, and then he hops off on the motorcycle and uh, Daryl's able to they they shoot him, uh, kind of to maim him. I think at this point they're thinking okay we got a hostage we got somebody that we can probably torture to get information out of as to what's going on because at this point they don't even know did they kill negan was well, they, negan, they, they, you know which, they're convinced which, they did like they're, yeah because they're yeah. like well i wonder if we'll ever know which one was negan like they they shown it poses that question to rick right yeah. she yeah. goes wonder which one of those guys was negan yeah yeah i don't know if they were trying to keep him alive though it looks like they were just trying to shoot him i don't think they well it looks well, like intentionally you know it, they shot him off the thing and i'm sure maybe some of them were like okay we can punch this guy to see what happens and daryl was just like i'm just gonna punch him and i don't even have questions uh, he tackled him it was his bike he, he, yeah he, that's what i was gonna yeah, ask yeah yeah fine. yeah yeah i was gonna ask that's that's daryl's uh, motorcycle right oh yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah, like why, why, why would he ask <laughs> like if he didn't <laughs> But it it looks actually, like it was a scene just before uh, where Tara, Tara actually yeah. shot one of the the uh, people escaping um, from the front door, and that's when we see the scene with Father Gabriel and you know taking finishing him off, so to speak. Yeah, there was two people running, and and that was actually Tara's first human kill, apparently too. I mean, we've never seen her kill anybody as well, yeah. or Father Gabriel for that matter. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, getting, but getting, then Heath getting, and Tara go off. What, so they mentioned going off for two weeks. Were they? Is it another, scouting missions or? Scavenging? Yeah, she had to give birth, so they had to get her out for sure. a couple episodes, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's pretty convenient. She's so pregnant. 
on this episode. <laughs> He's so prego. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, over the walkie-talkie, a female voice who was obviously Alicia Witt. I mean, as soon as I heard her talking, I was like, oh, that's Alicia Witt. Um, <laughs> says, you know, you you know, put the, what, I forget what she called him, put the gun down, and he just kind of looks around. He's like, yeah, you with the Colt Python. And he's right, like, right. oh, man, somebody's staring at us. Uh, what if it's all been a ruse and they're like, next week, Alicia Witt is Negan. And just everyone, <laughs> the, the internet burns down. It would kind of be awesome. <laughs> yeah, casting Jeffrey Dean Morgan was just a smoke screen. He, like, he, screen uh, he, walks up, he walks up first and then he gets shot in the face and it's Alicia Witt behind him. <laughs> it's like a Rachel Ghoul thing. Like, exactly, yeah, exactly. They call him yeah. Negan, but he's just the mouthpiece. He's not really. <laughs> the, the Rachel Ghoul of the Walking Dead universe. Yes. Ever, everyone's Negan. Yeah, <laughs> Egan's eternal. There was one other quick scene too inside the bunker. I don't know if you guys caught it, where Abraham busted into a room and it was full of weed growing. Yeah, like yeah, they, that was a quick okay. cut too. They're like, "Hey, yeah. by the way, I cl- I kicked open this door. I was hitting for like five minutes straight. There's weed in here." And then we're like, "That's <laughs> that's gone." <laughs> yeah, the armory easy to break into. The weed room that took some work. <laughs> that took yeah, oh my god, hammer yeah. out the door you for a while. Couldn't shoot through it or anything. The armory you could shoot through that door, do whatever you need to do, buzz into it, you're done. But not the yeah, weed room, thing. guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also a quick scene of Morgan welding something at the end, and he was kind of so- sobbing. And I don't know if you guys caught this. I think he was trying to build a stronger jail cell because he was in that room. He was in that house that, that served as a, as the jailhouse. There yeah. were some cinder blocks put up, and I think he's trying to actually weld some, like, uh, you know, bars, steel bars, so he can actually sense. make a proper jail cell. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, I posed, yeah. That, I posed that question in my written review over at theyoungfolks.com, and uh, okay. Dave Everard uh, answered me, one of the one of our uh, Facebook group members. Uh, you know, oh, he, did he? Okay, he, cool. He, he mentioned that he think he believes it was a, a jail cell similar to the one that he was in when he was getting his, you know, his ninja training. Jedi training, whatever. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. gotcha. And it, I didn't read that, but yeah, it, that's it. Make, it was, yeah, make, it makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, which I guess means that he's gonna keep uh, keep taking in folk. <laughs> Sounds that way. <laughs> and of course, this all culminates with the fact that Maggie and Carol were kidnapped because one of the things that Alicia Witt says is, "Well, I, I'm guessing you're worried about." Or she says, "I guess I I, I have somebody here named." Uh, a, a Carol and a Maggie, and then they're like, "Oh no!" Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and given the the previews for the next episode, it looks like uh, we're kind of going to get a little bit of a flashback and get a lot of goings on from the perspective of Carol and Maggie, as opposed to Rick and crew. So, I would I hope so. Gonna be, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be one of those episodes. I, I don't like just seeing Carol randomly get like sidelined and like, we know how capable she is. So I hope we can like at the very least, you know, even in the previous episode, we saw like the lead up to Jesus getting to where he needed to get. Like, it'd be nice to see some lead up to how, you know, our most badass warrior on this episode, short of, I guess what Michonne maybe got the, you know, someone got the drop on her. Yeah. So, uh, Buster ratings. Let's, let's go around the horn. Aaron, what, what, what's your, uh, Buster rating. I'm a solid uh, four busters here. I, I think it's a, a f- I hesitate to say fun episode, but I mean it is. It is a very thrilling episode, which is something I, I do like to get in the series that I, you know, admire for its technical prowess. But at the same time, it, it's nice to see something that actually kind of made me uncomfortable in a way where I was compelled to keep watching. And even at the end of this episode, this was like one of the first times in a while where I was thinking, I wish we got another episode right away as opposed to uh, having to wait a week. Um, good stuff from Carol that we talked about plenty. I think there's some really interesting character work there. 
Um, interesting character work in general for a lot of the characters, which I responded to more than I usually do. And again, just the whole action set piece taking place at the end, kind of the, you mentioned the John Carpenter aspect of it, all these things really worked well for me. So it's solid four busters. Well, I'll give it a 4.75. Uh, I'm, I'll be the voice, as I've been for, for pretty much a long time, of the action side of things. This is what a lot of the fans that watch this show want to see. Rick and gang kicking serious butt. The, the, the whole military aspect of that SEAL team type of look when they're coming in. I, I just love all that. Some great character work, as Aaron said. We've, we talked about that. We talked about Carol for quite a while. And, you know, really just, just this, this is, the show is just firing on every single cylinder possible right now. And, and it shows. The writing is great. Rick is in a great place. Every person is really at their finest right now. And this is just great. I can't wait for the next few episodes to come up. If they just keep getting better than this, and, wow, I mean, 4.75 out of 5. Keep it coming. Uh, I'll go four and a quarter on this one, mainly because of the return of Carol. Uh, I'd like to see where she put the cookie on Sam's grave. That was cool, too. I don't know if you guys mentioned that before yep. I got on. Um, it was cool how they have all this great uh, action sequences and, and a lot of tense moments, yet they had a really cool comedic sequence kind of in the middle when they were looking for Greg's head. Um, I, just, I, I really thought this was a strong episode. We got a lot of good character moments, and uh, it it, it felt, uh, felt, I don't know, it just felt like a really, really tight, well-written episode. So uh, four and a quarter out of five. I will give it a 4.5. I, I I really can't find too many flaws with this episode. There's nothing that really made my eyes roll. There wasn't anything that really upset me. I thought it was extremely well-directed. Again, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, so the fact that this episode felt like a John Carpenter uh, movie really kind of sits well with me in general, so... Uh, yeah, I'm just, I mean, definitely an upper tier episode of the series for me. All right, well, our sponsor this week for the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. It is the beginning of the month, so all of the new solicits are up over at DCBService.com. Uh, so go ahead and check everything out where you can get fantastic discounts, uh, 30, 40, 50 uh, and occasionally on new number ones, they'll even go as high as 75% off on new issues. Um, but most of the trades are at a very, very good discount. You can get all of the Walking Dead uh, trade paperbacks uh, for deeply discounted prices, anywhere from 38 to 45% off. Um, so that makes most of them under 10 bucks, and um, it, it just a great deal. You could also hit up their sister site, In Stock Trade. So if you if you need to do some catching up, uh, if you order $50 or more, shipping is free. Um, I, I, I will say I actually prefer ordering, uh, especially trades and hardcovers and stuff from in-stock trades or DCBS over Amazon. Cause a, normally the prices are much better than Amazon and two, they do a heck of a lot better job of shipping you the stuff. I have, I've had some really bad luck, uh, with some hardcovers and, and large volumes with Amazon and them coming up and they're just beaten to crap in the mail. Um, and in stock trades and DCB service, they, they really excel at, at packaging and customer service. Um, and you know, when you get it, it's not going to be all beat up. If you know, over the, all the years of ordering, I've, I think I've had one incident where uh, something was, was came and was a little messed up and they immediately uh, shipped out another copy of it. Um, those guys are just fantastic to deal with. Um, but again, you can check out everything else, you know, Walking Dead related, uh, not Walking Dead related, uh, whatever you want. They got it uh, on the Walking Dead front. If you're not into the comics, they've got T-shirts, they've got action figures, the Walking Dead magazine, uh, which is like the official magazine of the Walking Dead. 
a TV show, they offer that there as well. Uh, so definitely give them a, a check them out over at DCBService.com, and we thank them for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Walking Dead adult coloring book now on sale. Oh man, yeah. You only need three crayons, really. You need like red and purple and uh, brown. What gr- brown? Yeah. You'd be done. But who cares what we think about The Walking Dead, Ross? Because we have a fabulous Facebook group. We do. Uh, and we would, we would love for you to join it. It's called The Walking Dead TV Podcast. It's a Facebook group. We have five new members just this week. We are up to 727 members strong, which is pretty awesome. That's great. And, uh, yeah, uh, please join the group. You can get uh, links to Aaron's weekly reviews on theyoungfolks.com there. You can get a lot of fun memes. We make a lot of you know uh, um, interesting conjectures and theories, and uh, and uh, and a lot of good chatter and talk there. It's a pretty pretty troll free group too. So check it out. Definitely the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. And every week we ask you, the listeners, to tell us what your Buster ratings are. And this week, obviously, is no exception. Or else I wouldn't have done this long introduction. Uh, Pamela Burton said, "I give it a four out of five. Abraham is, a, is an a hole." And Rosita could do much better. I didn't think the I didn't think the mission was going to be easy as I thought. Uh, Maggie should have stayed home. Now her or Carol will probably die next episode. Uh, Tracy W replied to that. I feel like Carol taking up smoking and acting normal is foreshadowing. Although I think everyone is going to die all the time. <laughs> we didn't even talk uh, about sure. the smoking and, the, and the, we, she did do that. We didn't even mention that actually. It's a good call out. Uh, Brent Jones, four strategically placed dinner plates hiding pregnant bellies out of five. Say it three times fast, Jim. Um, no, they don't pay me enough for that. Uh, nerve-wracking <laughs> intensity at its best. I like that Aaron still rocked the Dockers to go attacking. <laughs> to go, hold on, to go attacking. Uh, we didn't meet Negan, but they sure did make him mad. Uh, Rosita, I'm here if you need a hug. <laughs> My plan would have been to burn the place down and surround it, picking off escapees as they emerge. Wow. Well, what's better, slitting your throat uh, while you sleep or burning you alive? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Carl Hooker, I'll give it a 4.25. Priest killing saviors out of 5. Oh, the irony there. Uh, what surprise they got through so cleanly. Lots of bullets flying through narrow hallways without a single hit. Uh, but the action and suspense were pretty great. I wonder what Morgan was making. Uh, we determined that was a prison. And does anyone have a good recipe for acorn beet cookies? Jim? Jim, you see this demand uh, out there. They want that book, Jim. I've tasted acorns and beets, and I just can't imagine them being good together as a cookie. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess in some vegan cookbook somewhere, but uh, I would wait for the butter and the eggs to make a cookie. That's just the way I roll. Um, DeRay Irvin, five quirky Eugene t-shirts out of five. Uh, I love this episode. However, I wish Morgan would just get on board and use his skills to help the group. Help the group. At least Gabriel is stepping up. I thought his kill scene was pretty powerful. Yeah, I was going to say, it's about time they did something with him other than let him babysit Judith, you know? Uh, Robin Young Sanders, 4.75. Glenn is no longer a virgin killing live humans out of five. <laughs> An awesome, intense, on-the-edge-of-your-seat episode. Uh, David B. the third, a 4.62. Now, there, now his nose looks right <laughs> out of five. Uh, all-around great episode, except coming back from commercial to bright as hell daylight just to be followed up by the walkie-talkie closer. And Flight 462 appears to be a zombie destination. Uh, Everard Santa Marina, 4.25. No one wanted to ship Tobin and Carol out of five. Ew. Uh, <laughs> okay, Everard. You know, hey, man, Carol needs love, too, Everybody man. needs a little loving, man. Yeah. Dude, ain't nothing wrong with that. 
I couldn't get past how pregnant Alana Masterson looks. I guess they're sending her off since she's way too pregnant to not even show anymore. Uh, they did a great job with hiding Sasha's pregnancy. Savior's Den did not feel right at all. No sentries outside, only two guards. Yet they managed to have their only two rear guards captured. Uh, the Polaroids of the people with their heads bashed in was over the top. Uh, Susan Monk, four out of five. Seal Team Ricks. Uh, <laughs> great action sequence. Abraham needs to learn how to tactfully break up with someone. But it's the apocalypse, and who has time for that? Uh, is Father Gabriel now Jules from Pulp Fiction? I Thinking hope so. the same thing, Susan. Uh, hey, look at that. Jesus saves. Uh, Max Sofer, four. Susan Monk stole my lines out of five. <laughs> uh, Jesus saves was literally going to be my entire review of this episode. LOL. <laughs> Uh, the scene with Glenn Heath in the bedroom was the most uncomfortable I've been watching this show. Great stuff. Uh, Mike Jones, five church meetings uh, with Jesus out of five. This is one of those episodes that defines the series. Uh, the team storming the combat had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, Heron Mack, uh, four poor choices and two overconfident Rick Cruz out of five. Great episode. Only gripe was the plan seemed a tad rash. Carol called it with the Maggie stuff. Uh, I was amazed on who actually went on the mission and who they could have left back. Uh, Cheryl Morse Goodman, 4.8. I needed a Xanax to get through this out of five. Very intense. Love Gabriel so much. Kind of reminded me of the Boondock Saints. Hmm. Uh, as for Carol, I like her and Tobin. It's kind of sweet, but I suspect she will sacrifice herself to save Maggie. Mm. Uh, Paul McHacker and 4.5 murderous camper trips out of five. I love the action, but Morgan, with Morgan's morality hanging over them, I suspect we'll see the consequences of reckless slaughter. Alan Rutledge, 3.5, beat in acorn cookies out of 5. The gang's Rainbow Six-style siege was exciting and new, but it has to suffer But to suffer no losses was a little too convenient. Uh, Tanya Royston, 4. Who's Negan out of 5? <laughs> uh, did they even ask what he looks like? Uh, I, thought was there a nice, I thought there was a nice balance of action and personal drama. Uh, Rick picking up the saviors at the top of the stairs. Sawit. Uh, Tarek Awarn, uh, four photos of people who had a date with Negan's favorite girl out of five. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, Scott Homan, 4.25 bags of zombie heads out of five. I like their attack, a plan of attack, and leaving Terry and Jesus and gang outside in case they need help, but thought they were too relaxed walking around the outside of the compound. Hmm, I didn't get that at all. Ian Timms, the five out of five chestnuts roasting, love an action episode. Can I assume the woman on the mic is the girl that stole Daryl's motorbike? Tina or Sherry something. Mm. I, I don't know. Mm. Richard, Chopper Cherry Charrington, 4.75 Acorn and Beats Cookies out of 5. Fantastic episode. As it aired, I said to myself, I think Daryl will soon be reunited with his crossbow. Uh, the bike's appeared, so it can't be far behind. Uh, Rob Cook, 4.5. What? Out of 5? That's right. Rick now, <laughs> Rick now officially owns the shortest catchphrase on TV. Harshest dumping of the week goes to Abraham with Eugene's t-shirt as the icing on the cake. Uh, Adam Fatah, I will give the episode 4.5 out of 5. Alexandria Cruz should have minded their own business. They should not be fighting hilltop community battles against the saviors. I don't read the comics, but I assume something bad will happen to Rick and his crew. Well, Adam, it is The Walking Dead, so uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Adam Crane, 5 out of 5. Seal Team 6. Rick's team isn't perfect, but they're the closest we've got right now. It just blows to my mind to see how far they've come. Raid a heavily armed enemy base in the middle of the night and take almost no casualties. They all stepped up with a badass team. Loved it. And if you would like to be among our commenters uh, for next week's episode, by all means, join the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. It's on the Facebook. It's on the interwebs. You may have heard of it. Susan Monk also had another uh, really cool uh, saying, other than Jesus saves, it was Ninjesus. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> nice. I like that one too. Well, as we're getting ready to close the episode, I think we're going to do a small spoiler discussion. But Mr. Newerth has to uh, has a prior engagement, probably something movie related, probably something cooler than the rest of us are doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but check him out on the Out Now podcast with Aaron and Abe, and you could probably uh, listen in on what he's going to be up to this evening. Um, yeah, we got but, uh, we got uh, lots of fun coming up. We got a episode on Zootopia coming out soon, and uh, yeah, Cloverfield's next week, so that should be uh, good times. But uh, oh, thanks as cool. always, nice uh, hanging out with you guys, talking about Walking Dead, and I'll be uh, back next week probably. So see you next week, Aaron. All right, fantastic. Right, guys. Make sure you head over to youngfolks.com and check out his uh, weekly reviews of the episodes. So yeah, oh, yeah, thanks again for that. Where he is posting yeah. them there. All right, later, guys. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. Uh, we are going to do a brief a spoiler discussion. So after all of this, uh, stay tuned. If you don't mind being potentially spoiled, we're going to speculate on the show and spoil something big that happens in the comic. So if you're not up to, I would say, around issue really to all, all out war or pretty close to that, you might want to just go ahead and bail after we close out the show. Um so if otherwise you could stick around if you just care are curious to hear what we have to say and what we think. Um, but, uh, until then you can, uh, as always, uh, ch- like Jim said, check us out facebook.com slash WDTV podcast. You can also head over to hhwlod.com where you can find a whole bevy of podcasts, uh, that we all do. Uh, Jim is the lead on the DC TV podcast where I think they're going to end up going to three shows a week at the rate that, uh, that Warner brothers is adding television shows to, uh, to, to their slate. When uh, when uh, Flash, I Zombie, and Arrow come back from hiatus at the end of March, we'll be covering covering seven episodes a week. Insane. And that's not counting Preacher, which I think starts in April. Yeah, so. yeah. You get a little bit of a breather right right now. Um, I blame Johnny M. It was his fault. I agree. Because he said he said, "Hey, we're doing a Marvel uh, show called It's All Connected that covers the Marvel Studios." Uh, stuff and t- TV and movies and that's uh, hosted by Mr. Russell Latham and some of the finest minds from the MCU exchange <laughs> um, and then John says hey why don't you do one on the DC side it'll be fun now it's become a full time job I, I sold my soul to Greg Berlanti so yeah and then Johnny M <laughs> went on hiatus yeah yeah well <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but definitely check that out uh, over there uh, of course uh the other places you can hear myself and Jim Dietz are over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts, where uh, Jim does Nothing's On uh, with with Daryl Taylor and Donnie Salvo. Mm-hmm. Every other and, week, we cover TV and we watch all the TV, so you don't have to. Right. And I have actually joined a podcast at the Taylor Network. Uh, those guys shanghaied me into Gotham by Geeks. So it's myself, it's Daryl Taylor, it's Chris Campbell, and it is Mike Myers. And uh, we just talk strictly about Batman, mainly Batman comics. Uh, so we each typically pick an issue to review. Uh, and then we talk about news and stuff. We had an uh, upcoming episode. We'll have Tom King on where we talk with him about some Batman comics as well. Um, so definitely check that out at Taylor Network, the Taylor Network of podcast.com. Oh, and- I, wanted to mention, I wanted to mention real quick, also at taylornetworkofpodcast.com, uh, we're doing a, a video game show with uh, myself, Ray, Rene Alvarado, uh, Gil Colon, and uh, Juan Castro. Oh, that's right, the Players, yes. the Players yes. Club, and we have an in-depth review of the new uh, Walking Dead Michonne game, uh, chapter, uh, episode one 
because that's the only one that's been released uh, on that. And it should be coming out about the same time as this podcast. So if you're interested in more of an in-depth look at that game, uh, and you should be because it's a really great game, um, then check that out. The Players Club, also at the Taylor Network Podcast.com. And the fact that Gil Cologne and Jim Dietz are both on a podcast at the same time. Dude, I love Gil. He's awesome. The, the, <laughs> the, the voice quotient uh, went up by a thousand with that because those two guys, uh, I'm surprised there's not uh, there's not uh, uh, requests from the ladies nonstop uh, with those two guys going We're gonna, on. I'm going to do a podcast with just Bill and Gil, uh, Bill McGonnell and Gil and me. Too much sexy, man. Too much sexy. <laughs> all, the, all the low voice guys I know. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you can check out uh, Mr. Craig DeMonda's show, the Auto Chat Show. And yes. where can they find that, Mr. DeMonda? Yeah, you can find us on iTunes. Just do a search for Auto Chat Show. I'll pop right up there. Also, Facebook.com slash Auto Chat Show, AutoChatShow.com. So when I'm not talking The Walking Dead, uh, I'm reviewing cars and talking cars and pop culture. It's a very fun show, me and my co-host, Teddy. We just released episode 27 this week, and we're talking about the full new car review, the Lexus ES350 and the Mitsubishi Outlander. Next show, we'll be talking about the Mazda 3 and possibly the Honda Civic if we squeeze it in. And at the end of the month, we've got the full New York International Auto Show coverage coming up. So a lot of interviews with auto execs and a lot of trends in, in the automotive industry that, that will be coming forward. And, and, of course, the various awards that they do at that show. So a lot of good news. It's pretty lighthearted. We have a lot of laughs, Teddy and I. So if you're not a true car geek and you don't want to be bored to tears on other podcasts out there and other shows, give us a listen. We have a lot of fun. Auto Chat Show. Show.com. Excellent. And send us an iTunes review. If you haven't uh, given us an iTunes review, uh, please head over to iTunes and look up Walking Dead TV podcast. Leave us an iTunes review. If you love any of the other shows that any of us do, uh, we would appreciate an iTunes review there as well. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, walk the earth remember, dingleberries are browned because that's the way it is. Mm. <laughs> All right, rebel, rebel. That is profound. Yeah. I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say to that. How do you how do you top that? You can't. So, I was curious to get what you guys uh, thought because we talked a while about like who we thought might be killed off at the end of the episode or end of the season. We know that there's uh, a heart wrenching scene that that uh, Andrew Lincoln himself just said. You know, just kind of really threw him for a loop mm-hmm. at the end. We know, based on issue 100 of the comic, that Negan and Lucille uh, bash Glenn's face in, (laughs) Um, to put it mildly. We see that, uh, and of of course, Maggie was pregnant at that point as well. Um, So we saw the pictures with the Polaroids of the faces bashed in. So to me, that was like a huge wink and a nod to anybody that reads the comics. Are you guys... I know I was in the I don't think Glenn's going to get it camp uh, for the finale. Are you guys leaning more towards that way now, or are you guys still thinking it's going to be somebody else? Hmm. Well, I, I don't th- think it's going to be Glenn. I don't. I, I just feel like it, it'd, be, it'd be more impactful if it were Carol or Maggie, I think, at this point, than if it were Glenn. There's been a lot of misdirection this season, especially with the whole thing in the beginning with Glenn being dead, but then he's not dead. And now we see Carol and Maggie, but you know what? I'm thinking that could even change. They could maybe negotiate them back, and they can get them back for the next episode. I mean, we don't know where this can go. We know 
just by all the commentary out there, like you said, Andrew Lincoln's been speaking publicly about this and some of the other actors have, somebody major is definitely going. We've heard theories that it could be Daryl, maybe his time is up since, I mean, there's a lot of different theories out there. I really, at this point, have no idea because of all the misdirection. I mean, the whole world is expecting Glenn to go, at least the world that reads the comics, right? So for them to do that, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of fulfilling, but maybe it'd be more fulfilling to eliminate somebody else. Maybe even Morgan may go. Maybe his story may be wrapped up at this point. Um, he'll have to pay for his sins, so to speak. Uh, so I, this could go in any, this can go in a lot of different directions. I really, really don't know at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of in the in the. I think Glenn is a little too easy, but I think Maggie is a little too redundant. You know, they've killed they killed Lori off. That seems kind of silly to do that. But, you know, one of the things that Maggie said was this will have a cost. Like right. there will be a, the, you know, so again, it's a lot of foreshadowing. The fact that she said it, they're do you know, they did the ultrasound. It, mm. it almost seems like it's, it, it's like you're trying to outguess them outguessing you, right? I mean, right. it almost seems like it's too on the nose for it to be Glenn. Um, but I'm trying to think of like who else would have that impact to, to Andrew Lincoln. Like who Darryl. else? Daryl, Dar- I mean, that, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's. I, I, I don't think he's going to go. Let's put it that way. Not yet. I mean, but he's not in the comics. So there, there's your wild card right there. I mean, that's yeah. where I, it, it can go anyway. And I think, and I think Carol, like I don't see the impact of Carol because I think Carol's kind of come and gone. You know, she's been in and out. Um, I, I just don't think like from the audience perspective, like I'd be really bummed about Carol getting killed more mm. so because. I just think Melissa McBride is is great in that role. Like the character of Carol, there's nothing endearing. Like Glenn would really bother me, just like it did in the comic. I mean, Glenn, I, I, we talked about it at the time, but Glenn getting killed in the comic like made me want to not read the comic anymore. And and just just because I felt like it was egregious and like a like a stunt. Um, so maybe it is going to be Glenn because you know maybe at this point. He he killed his first person. He really crossed the line this episode, and that, yeah. he never did that before. He was he was innocent in, in the world. He was he was pure up until today. And then and, it, yeah, you know, part of it is then okay. Then we get another like single parent raising a raising an infant thing, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that maybe I, I don't know. This can go a lot of different ways, and kudos for the writers to keep us guessing, because if they really did a lousy job this season, we would just say, okay, yeah, we know what's going to happen. Just give it a couple episodes. This is going to happen. They'll wrap it up this way. We really don't know. Yeah. I mean, and, in four weeks, we'll know, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but somebody big is definitely going. I mean, we, we, we know that, and uh, maybe it is Melissa McBride. You know, they are wrapping up her arc pretty neatly here. I mean, they really are. I mean, she... We just we spent a good chunk of time on this episode just talking about her arc, and yeah, I know. think they're wrapping up those loose threads pretty nicely. So maybe it is her time. I don't know. I don't well, think it's uh, going to be Carl. Uh, no, not Carl. Oh no, not Carl. No. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna appropriate a meme from the uh, Dixon's Vixens or whatever, and if uh, they kill Carol, we riot. They kill, <laughs> <laughs> they kill Carol. We start baking casseroles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll send them a bunch of eight-corner beat cookies. <laughs> yeah, they'll be the, the AMC offices will be overwhelmed with Tupperware. With, yeah, with uh, with beet cookies. That's casserole yeah. dishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's no. tough, and I don't see Michonne either. Like I don't, no. I don't see it being her. 
because that's to me that's just way too on the nose it's like oh you know every time uh you know rick gets close to a female it's like you know has or there's a female he has a relationship with it's like boom they're gone although Um, i've been shipping rick and michonne mentally and publicly for quite a while but i always said i really i want them to get together but then i don't want them to get together because if they do that means the end of michonne and i really like the character of michonne but like you said then that's it's too early for that maybe maybe they'll let this relationship at least breathe a little bit maybe that can be an arc they can wrap up next season or the season after that yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't and, know. And I don't think it's Maggie. You know, we talked about this before, too, but I don't think it's Maggie just because of the whole they've done that with Lori thing. Like, to me, it just seems like, OK, we've 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 seen this song. You know, we've heard the song before. It just seems way too, you know, on the nose, whether the whether they would have the well, at this point, they wouldn't have the baby survive. But it just seems way too on the nose and then she's like the last of her clan you know she's like the green you know, they've clan, killed yeah. off every other one of the greens and so yeah. <laughs> to kill her too just seemed kind of egregious so yeah i don't know i really I, don't, I don't it's know. good i don't know it's uh, <laughs> keep it coming i mean this is great every episode is getting better and that's the way it should be this yeah. is what i love about the fact that they aren't doing a straight-up adaptation of the book is that you know there's so many different ways this could go you know, I mean, if it, they were doing just a you know, pan, uh, you know, word for word adaptation of the comic, we'd know everything that was going on. But you know, this even though we read the comic, we can speculate along with everyone else. It's kind of cool. Yeah, maybe it's I mean, for a t- loop, and maybe no one gets killed. Maybe someone just gets maimed. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe none of the main characters are leaving. Maybe they really throw us for curveball. Who knows? Or it's a betrayal. You know, maybe, maybe it's Negan, not a death. Maybe Negan yeah. is just trying to get rid of his daughter's Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe he just wants to make a softball team. I mean, who maybe, knows? Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is a betrayal. I mean, maybe people are taking this, you know, a little too literally. And right. It's not a... I mean, it'd be a death, maybe uh, a betrayal. Yeah, you know, right, maybe Carol joins Negan or something. I mean, something crazy like that. You don't know. or Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, at this point in the in the comics, Abraham was gone as well, right? I mean, he was... He, he got taken out. Yeah. See, see, we see something brewing with him, too. Now he's finally finding love proper yeah. and he has something to live for now finally right so right now it could be his time or maybe sasha goes yeah, and that man. T- it makes him mental at that point who knows yeah i don't i don't know maybe yeah. I, I think you know too andrea exists in the comics but not in the show so you know mm. there, there's a lot of you know things that are changed up that that could you know throw off the obvious but i don't know it just seems like it's so on the nose that glenn gets that it's glenn that i it just makes me think yeah that it's not I but mean, if it is why did they troll us at the beginning of this season with that whole thing where he was gone that, he's off the credits that's yeah. what's throwing me off that's what's the only thing that's throwing me off otherwise i would say yep you're right it glenn's now like i said he's tainted now he he's he's lined up ready to go but i would say if i if i never read the comic and had no knowledge of the comic i would be like oh yeah glenn's glenn's a goner <laughs> um but there's just something in me that just says they want to deviate from that path. But I mean, Stephen Yoon is, is a well-liked character, and I've seen him at the conventions. He gets huge line. A lot of people love him. I don't know if that plays into the writer's thoughts or not. I'm sure it doesn't. But, I mean, he's... I don't know if we've seen the end of his arc yet, either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. I was just curious what you guys thought. Um, I thought it'd be we hadn't had like a spoilery discussion in a while, so I no. thought maybe it'd be nice to to just kind of veer off the path a bit. It's going to be a fun ride. I'm really looking forward to the it, next four weeks. I really, yeah. really am. And 
you know, Flight 462 finally crashing, and then right after that we can go into Fear the Walking Dead. So it's really it's a good time if you're a Walking Dead fan. It'll be the five-minute podcast. <laughs> Flight 462 podcast. We, we can play them all. I mean, I wonder if at the end of this they're going to actually sh- like string them all together in one long, you know, continuous scene I bet or you something. the website will do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then... I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, and uh, have a good one. Take care, folks. Thanks. Thanks.